Hey, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in Romans 12 for a second, okay? And if you're like, man, please get off of Romans 12. Like there's so much packed in here. And I believe it's a word for the church today. And uh, if we can get a hold of what Romans 12 is really saying for us and step into it a little bit, I believe that the church is going to come alive even more and uh, experience a more full concept of who Jesus is and our calling here in this neighborhood. So if you remember, I want to set the stage for what we've been talking about. Uh, Paul's writing to the Roman church or the, the church of Rome, and he's pulling everything back to center. Okay. And he tells them, remember the good news, right? So everything comes back to the good news of Jesus. And here's the deal. We haven't earned a thing. We don't deserve a thing. But the perfect God of heaven, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, has entered our broken world. So he steps off a throne in heaven, enters a broken place, becomes brokenness to give you wholeness. And this is the good news that's available. So if you have stepped in and you've trusted Christ to give you this goodness... This is not something you could earn from God. It's unlike any other religion in all of the world. Every other religion says you got to get there to him. You got to do something to earn it. You got to earn your right to get to the God of the universe. But Christ is the only one who stepped into our world and said, you can't do anything to be as good or worthy of me. You can't do a thing. I'm that good. So I'm going to have to step into your world and give you what you could never give me. And I'm going to show you what love looks like. I'm going to transform you from the inside out. And so this is the good news for all of us as we accept that and understand that God has loved us so much through the person of Jesus. And we've come to Jesus and we've surrendered our lives saying, because I've received that, I'll give you my life. That's when the fullness of the Spirit says, like the God that's going to send the Spirit into your life and actually impart something of his being in you. It's a weird concept for some of us. We're like, you're talking about getting possessed, man. Like, uh, for real, like the spirit of God. There is like a weird concept in that, that we've watched a lot of horror movies that seem kind of creepy. But like, that's what the scripture talks about. The spirit of God actually comes and lives inside of you. This is the mystery that was proclaimed from the very beginning. And I want to encourage you, if, that get, if that's weird for you, would, you, would you continue to press in a little bit and go, what is he talking about? Come talk to me in conversation. Come for the next few weeks. And let's just continue the conversation. Continue to figure out what, what does this scripture say about that? And what does that mean if it's something unique to you? But we're going to start, we're going to start in verse 3 and go down to verse 8. So Romans 12. I'm going to start there. And then we're going to start our conversation today. Y'all ready? Say, I'm ready. Come on, man. That's, I love you guys. Let's go. Verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. So what is he telling, telling us? Hey guys, remember, don't think too highly of yourselves because guess what? We're just a broken mess apart from Christ. So don't forget the good news. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members. That means a lot of body parts. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. That's important. He always points it back to the head. The thing that brought us all together in the first place. In Christ. You can underline that. And in, we're individually members one of another. That means we need each other. Having gifts that differ. That word gift is charismata. Where we get the word charismatic from. 
And so we get the charisma of God. Um, that is what he imparts to us. Having the gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That means let all of us step into the charisma of what God has placed inside of you. And every single one of us is meant to play a different part in the body of Christ. But you've got to use it. And here's what he says. Here's the gifts that he says in Romans. And this is not the exhaustive list. He gives several others in uh, Ephesians and Corinthians. If prophecy in proportion to your faith. If service in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts or encourages in his exhortation. The one who contributes in generosity. So step into generosity. Step into these things. The one who leads, lead with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Love must be sincere. Can I tell you the truth about this passage for me personally? As I read this, um, God is still working in my heart in this passage because I'm saying, what does it look like for all of us if we are all many members what does it look like as we gather together and operate in our gifting? Like if I need you and you need me, like we need each other. And I just want to like real talk with the fan for a second. When I set the stage uh, for our welcome time, that is part of the experience. That's part of the expression that is meant for, hey guys, operate inside your gifting. Hey, encouragers, step up and encourage somebody. Hey, those of you who have acts of mercy, step up and give, give mercy. It's, it's just trying to set the stage as much as we can for us to actually share and teach and proclaim and prophesy. All of these things are in the scriptures. But real talk, I'm looking in going, what does this practically look like today? Because I don't know, and I'm just like vulnerable spot, like, I'm like, is the church weaker today because we only have a couple things operating like a couple things encouraging, like a couple things teaching, but it's not the body in its fullness hasn't quite stepped in to actually operate and move together. Today, I believe we live in an age where everyone's an expert. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's an expert on something. If you get on social media for like any amount of time, like I get, I get kind of stressed, you know? I'm like, I can't take the fighting, you know? And so like from politics, you either want the wall or you don't. You either want Trump out or you don't. You're talking sports like this person is terrible or this person needs to get fired or this person needs to get hired. I'm like, what in the world, man? But like everything I look at, like everybody's got an expert opinion. Everybody know, everybody see that? We see, yeah, yeah, everybody's got an expert. In fact, all y'all are probably experts in something too. At least you think you are, you know what I mean? Everybody's an expert. But what does that mean? I mean, really, like, what does that mean that everybody today is an expert in something? Like, everybody's opinion really matters. In generations past, um, in Aristotle's day, he would have said um, that if, if you, if the problem in society, um, when everybody thinks that their opinion is the most important, he would say that um, it is a pride issue. And he would say that uh, you think too highly of yourself, so it creates problems in society. But we've stepped in today's world, and it's very interesting how the shift has actually happened philosophically. Uh, and today, we would say, if you act out, um, you actually have a low self-esteem. 
It's a low self-esteem issue. And, and here's how we fix it. If you only knew who you were, if you only knew th uh, that you were worthy, if you only knew that you were, you were great, if you only knew, then you could step into society and actually function as a peaceable member. But which one is right? What does the scripture say to us? And why would that be the case? We talked last week, remember last week when we talked about the way of the world? We've talked about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh uh, were the feelings of what we feel when we want something. When you see it and you go, I gotta have it. And there's a burning in you to get it. And there's a pride of life side that when I get it, when I actually get what my heart was burning for, I then look down a little bit down on the people who don't quite have what I've got. And so you'll find that in society, I've, I've got this knowledge now, and these peasants over here don't have my knowledge. And if they could only get on my level, you know what I mean? Step on up. And so we can't hear you. I can't hear a thing you're saying because I got what you don't have. And you can't hear a thing that I'm saying because you got what I don't have. Or if you've got the low self-esteem, uh, which, which I believe that, we, all, we run all the gamut. It's the way of the world. And hey, guess what, guys? We have the, the, the flesh and the spirit that war against each other. So what we're talking about today, I'm actually talking to every, every one of us in the room today. Um, there's not one of us absent from this kind of thinking at times in our lives where we just think we got it or we think you don't got it and we're better than you or you're better than me and we struggle, don't you? You go kind of like, you kind of, do you ride the valley sometimes? We start thinking like you got it together finally. Or you start feeling a little bit inferior. Is it just me? I'm, 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 you know, we, we together in this, right? We, we're real people in the room. If that's you, uh, that's a natural, it's a natural thing. It's the way of the world. But you were intended, my friend, for so much more. You were intended to experience something far different. And that's what Paul speaks to us in the church. And I want to speak to the church today um, through this letter because that's who Paul is talking about. He's saying, hey, you, church, don't be conformed to the way of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I heard a quote by Anthony Bourdain, and he said, your body's not a temple, it's an amusement park. Enjoy the ride. But I, I, I believe that that statement is, is, uh, is vulnerable and honest. That's the place that he was at. And for those of us who know the truth, uh, you might look at that and be like, oh my gosh, what a ridiculous. Doesn't even know the truth. Body's not an amusement park. Jesus said it was a temple. Some of you, uh, some of you think that. But if you know the truth and how Jesus would have looked at him with this brokenness because where he had gotten to in his life, it was no longer uh, life is important. He had actually moved from I am the most important to guess what, it's not that important. And it's a playground, just enjoy. I mean, who cares about a thing? And those of you who know Anthony Bourdain's story, he's no longer alive, so they took his own life. That, that quote is a call for help. And the church has got to start seeing the culture call for help. And we got to start pressing into the call for help instead of pressing out. And I believe it's a call to the church. Hey, church, wake the heck up. Because culture around you is calling for help. 
but we're often so busy with our megaphones yelling at them that we can't hear them. And they are calling for truth. They are begging for the truth. They are looking for the fact that they belong and they have meaning. And Paul is calling the church to this kind of thinking. And I want to press into this. The first thing that I want us to know is uh, the church is one body. And what does that mean? That means he's saying, you are not too important, but you are important. Do you hear that? Like you, you play an integral role of the church today. Like you are actually very, very important. If the church does not have you operating in your gifting, guess what's hurting? The church. Like the body of Christ. Like Christ actually moving in this community. If you are not stepping into your gifting, God will not move in this community. He will move through his people. But we are all so important that you can't operate alone without the rest of us. That means together we actually form Christ in this neighborhood. Together. There ain't no rogue disciples. Do you know that? None. But every single one of us has a gift. So what Paul is saying is we can't go too high and we can't go too low. We've got to have the right view of ourselves because we all belong to each other. And when you hurt, everybody hurts. This is what he says in verse 5. He says, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us all use them. One of the biggest problems in the church today, guys, listen, 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 listen. One of the biggest problems in the church today, and why I believe the church is not quite as powerful as it should be, uh, is because we come expecting the church to give us service. We come expecting the church to be an education for us. We come expecting the church to be a business that meets my needs when in fact you are called into Christ that you would meet the needs of others. And so if you want to understand what real growth is, real growth is actually exercising your spiritual gifting. And when you exercise it, you're going to find out what a workout feels like and it's kind of hard. But after the workout, you know, you get those endorphins pumping and you're like, man, like that was awesome. That was so much better than Jay talking. That was so much better than the songs. Like, that was awesome. But you put all of them together and you go, the whole experience was something I can't describe to you. It was on other earthly. That's the way the gathering was meant to be. And I want you to know when all of those things work together, it actually begins to produce something that is supernatural. So it's not just about preaching, it's not just about singing, it's not just about the welcome, but when all of these pieces come together and more about what God wants to do in this church, we're going to see a more full expression of who Jesus is. But here's the reality about being a body. If you're not a part of the body, then you can't experience the fullness of Christ. You can't. If you're trying to do it by yourself, do you know you'll never get as far as you ever want to go? Because apart from the body, you actually can't experience Christ working. It's the design of the church. And I don't know why he set it up like that. I wish it wasn't like that. Sometimes I don't want to be around people. Anybody know what I'm saying? I don't want to talk to anybody. And that's okay. Come in here, broken and all. And the, the beauty of what the body does, when you don't feel like it, then the people step around you and encourage you that you might be an encouragement to other people. That's why no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, you were meant to come in here and it's like a hospital because you get around people and you go, man, 
man, that was like a breath of fresh air. Anybody leave church usually and you're like, man, I'm going to run through a wall. It was awesome. I just love Jesus, you know. And about by Tuesday, you're like, hate everybody. You know what I mean? I'm going to burn this place down. You walk back into Sunday morning like, man, I just had a, it's about halfway through the week. And I, but you know, it's like a breath of fresh air because you get around heaven. Man, that's the way it's supposed to be. You're not crazy. You're not crazy, and I want to remind you of it. You're not crazy, but you got around heaven, and heaven breathed life back into you. That's what the church was meant to be. I believe that God gave me this um, right here for a season like this. He knew we'd be walking through Romans 12. And uh, I want to tell you a little story. And I'm not going to go into the gross stuff because it's terrible. But it was a double header. And it was important. It was about 110 degrees outside. And our co-ed flag football team was in the championship game. And you know the important things of life, you know? Come on now. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody in the room that was on the team were like, yeah. Weekend warriors over here. And I remember, like, I've always kind of had, like, calf problems. I've always had, been, like, tight in my calves. And I remember uh, it was one minute to go. And I remember I was starting to cramp a little bit. My calf was starting to hurt. And I was like, man, I got 53 more seconds because I heard the count. And I was like, 53. We're going to win this game. Last play. I got 53 more seconds. I ain't got 53 more seconds. And I remember all the warning signs. You know the warning signs when you're in a workout and you're like, your body is telling you no, but your mind is saying yes. You know what I'm saying? Do it. 53 seconds. You can do it. And my body's like screaming, don't do it. Don't, please, please abused me so much like shut up tell my body what to do you know let's <laughs> go have fun with it a little bit. ignore that ignore that he says I ain't going any further you know what I've never thought about in all of my life my Achilles tendon <laughs> I never thought about it never gave it a thought I never woke up in the morning and be like man like I love my Achilles tendons. Like, man, I can walk. I can, I, can, I can rotate my foot. Like, it's just a wonderful thing. Thank you, God, for my Achilles tendon. Like, I never thought about it in my whole life until it hurt, until I couldn't do anything. But you know what happened when that Achilles tendon decided to stop? My whole body couldn't do anything. Like, my whole body was crippled. Now, I never gave a thought to my Achilles tendon. But when it decided to go... Y'all can go on without me. Guess who couldn't go on without him? My whole body. My whole body was broken. And I'm still feeling it. Because you know what I have to do now? I had it repaired, but it's still weak. And so I walk like a crazy person. I like walk down the street like that, you know? And everything is compensating for its weakness. And so you know what? I wake up in the morning, my back hurts so bad. And my, my left hip is starting to swell. Because it's overcompensating and it's working. And you know what's starting to scream? That little guy right there. And this guy. And my back is starting to yell at me. It's going, hey, you abusing me. And I'm going, guys, we got to pick up the slack because he decided to quit. It was just, yeah. I didn't, my mind didn't want to listen to him. Heard him all along. I say that, I say that analogy to us, but isn't it, isn't it, isn't it, it we've all experienced that. 
Man, for some of us, we've stepped into church and you're here today because you got a bunch of church hurt and you got used and abused and you're a gifted person and we needed you to do a task, so get the task done. And I want to just tell you that I'm sorry. It shouldn't be like that. I'm really, really sorry. But I also want to call uh, the merciful people in the room today. I want to call the encouragers in the room today. Would you step into your gifting? I mean, would you step in by faith and go like, God, I, I, I just, I, I see the encouragement. I see, I see the positive. I see the, I see what I need to say to somebody. I see uh, the prophecy I need to give over somebody. And I want to remind all the church today, I want to remind all of us in the room today that the fullness of the body is not on this stage right now. And I cannot do that by myself. And the church is a very, very powerful thing when all of its members decide to start putting work in. But when we put all of the, the hey, it's that, hey, you, you could do it, you can do it. Guess what begins to wear down and start screaming? And I'm not, I'm not talking about me right now, but I'm, you can't do it. Actually, there's no power in the body. It's a limited power. There's a little bit of something they can do, but they can't do the fullness of Jesus. But the beauty is when we all step in together, every single one of us step in together, and the encouragers start encouraging because they see people serving, and the encouragers start stepping up and loving on people, and, and the people with prophecy gifts start stepping in and saying like, hey, here's, here's the truth over your life. I'm going to speak the truth over your life. When all those pieces begin to work in harmony, there's something beautiful that begins to happen. This thing gets really strong and really, really powerful, and we actually get to experience Jesus. What does that mean for you today? I've learned, guys, and I want there's a leadership lesson for all of us in the room, and all the leaders in the room, you can attest to this. Um, when, when, I hear, um, when I hear something that strikes my ear, maybe I don't agree with it the most, or it's the most challenging thing for me to hear, you know what I've learned to do instead of a step away to step in? If you have great conflict in your life, I want to encourage you. Would you question conflict? Would you question the people in your life that raise the greatest alarm, that raise the greatest flag, that say, hey, this ain't the way it should be? And we're tempted to go, you don't know nothing. But what happens is the reason that there's great conflict is because they have information that I don't have. And so if we'll step in in humility and go, what do they know that I don't know? Then I can step in and either care for them or they can change my mind. But if I am so sure that they are wrong and I am right, then I will press away and I will think less of them. I will berate them. I will push them away. The scripture says every man does what is right in his own eyes. Let, let this sink in. Then if everyone around you is just doing what they think is best, then maybe they have information that you don't have. And instead of letting those red flags get you all up in arms and you go, I mean, I'm done with you. Press into conflict instead of away. And when you press into it, God is going to use you in that situation to be medicine or he's actually going to use that thing to medicate you. And sometimes we don't know we're sick until we press in like Jesus did and then we get healed 
by actually doing what Christ said to do. I just want to encourage us, fam, like that's a different way of thinking. Don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the way you think. So just like Jesus did, he steps out of heaven and into brokenness. Would you do the same? And instead of thinking they're an imposition for me, I'm going to step into the problem and the mess and I'm actually going to bring healing or get healed myself when I operate just like Jesus did. And I'm going to step in with grace knowing, hey, guess what? I ain't, I ain't got it all together. I'm a broken mess with you. And if Christ didn't do it in me, I'm a mess. That's the truth. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says this. He says, if one part of the body suffers, every part suffers with it. But if one part is honored, every part begins to rejoice with it. Come on. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of this. But why press in? Why should I press in? I mean, it's hard at life. It's hard at work. Why should it be hard at church? You know what I mean? But instead of seeing this as a part of your life, Christ says, I am your life. And when the call is, uh, surrender your body as a living sacrifice, what he's saying is, guys, I appeal to you by the mercies of God. Give your whole life to Christ. Don't make any part of your life about you. Make it all about the glory of God. And Jesus says, when you give up your life, you will find what real life is. But some of us, yeah, we, we like the truth about Jesus, but I refuse to give up my life for his service. I refuse to give it. Here's the deal. When you give up your life, you will find the fullness of real life. You will discover what that looks like. Because I believe the Spirit of God will then, in that place, impart his blessing to actually be him. But many of us are not walking in the fullness. We're not experiencing the fullness of God because we haven't decided to actually give him our entire life. I want to encourage you, man. If you've sat in church your whole life and you trust Jesus, then respond to Jesus and give him your life. And you will experience the fullness of life. Second thing that I really want us to know from this passage is we exist in Christ. That word in Christ is crucial. Listen to this. Here's what this means to be in Christ. For you today, let this speak over your life. And I pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to really see what this means to each one of us. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.4 says we received grace in Christ. That means all of us together, by the way. Not me, all of us. Not just you, all of us. We receive grace in Christ. Romans 3.24 says our redemption is in Christ. That means your purchase is actually in Christ. You think you're trying to purchase God's favor over your life? You can't. Christ did it. Galatians 2.17 says we're justified in Christ. That's like a court case that is final, finished. The, the verdict has been set. You are not guilty in Christ. That means you can't do anything to be not guilty. Christ said it. Ephesians 4.32, we have forgiveness of sins in Christ. Man, are you thankful for Christ? Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation in Christ. That means there, there's no punishment from God in Christ because the punishment was placed on him already. Receive that truth today. Come alive, my friend. You'll have something to talk about. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we're a new creation in Christ. That means you got brand new purpose. You ain't nothing of the old. 
you got a brand new meaning in Christ. Romans 6.23, we have eternal life. That means forever kind of life. The fullest life in Christ. Philippians 4.19, God supplies all of our needs in Christ. That means everything you're actually looking for is not in what you're maybe giving your life for. It's actually in Christ. If that's what you're giving your life for, everything you need is found there. Ephesians 1.3, we have every spiritual blessing of heaven in Christ. Do you know that? Every heavenly blessing is actually in Christ. It's to be received by the grace of God. Colossians 1.28, we, we will be presented to God perfect in Christ. Romans 8.32, we cannot be separated from the love of God in Christ. I want to give you a reason to thank Jesus. Are you thankful for him today? You can step into thanks today by receiving that truth. Would you receive the fact that you're forgiven through Jesus and what he did? Would you receive that today? I was sitting, uh, babysitting my two daughters the other day. And uh, any babysitters in the room? Come on, babysitters, let's go. I'm a babysitter too. <sighs> Not a good one, but I'm a babysitter. I'm babysitting my two, my two little girls, and they're at that phase. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. You remember when you would fight with your brother and sister? Like, it didn't matter what they wanted to do. Like, you just wanted to spite them, so you said no, or like, that's mine. Or like, they, they want a piece of the couch, and you're like, no, that's my couch. Remember that? Did, did that happen to y'all? Yeah, that's my couch. That's my toy. And I'm babysitting, and I'm listening to this all day long, and I'm like about to stroke out. Like, y'all don't know, like, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty emotional person. Like, I, I just go, like, I'm 100. And I'm like, shut up. And I heard, I was so, it's so good. Like, I love how the Lord speaks to me because it's an everyday circumstance, and I pray that the Lord speaks to you in every circumstance. But I looked at him, I said, do you know whose couch that actually is? That's my couch. Do you know whose toy that is? That's my toys. Do you know who lets you borrow that couch? Me. You know who lets you borrow that toy? This guy. It ain't yours at all. You got nothing. It's mine. And I could tell it was like a foreign concept to my four-year-old. Like, what? That's mine. No, it's mine. But isn't that like, oh, like, like the natural way for us to go, no, it's mine. It's my time. You're on my borrowed time. You're on my time. It's my life. And if all of those things are true, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, then you know whose time it is? It ain't ours at all. Man, he's extended that to us and said, hey, man, this is, I'm going to give you time. I'm going to send you into your business. I'm going to send you into those people's lives. They don't exist to serve you. I'm sending you there to serve them on behalf of me. Man, some of y'all got elevated purpose. Like there's more purpose than you ever thought, actually, if you start receiving the truths of Christ. Some of y'all, I pray today that you experience, that you receive the fact of what you are in Christ. You were meant to be the manifestation that is like the literal presence of the body of Christ. What a powerful truth. 
What does that mean for you today if that be true? And if you don't know today, would you start asking the Lord for that? I mean, just in your time, would you start inviting him, hey, God, use me today. Open my eyes to see what you have for me today. I'm open to anything. Because some of us, we put ourselves in a, in a, in a box. Some of y'all think, oh, I'm a teacher. I don't have any time for the other stuff. Some of y'all say, oh, I only like mercy, so I can't talk to nobody. You know what I mean? But what if we, as a living sacrifice, say, God, would you do whatever today? Because you're bigger than I am. Would you do whatever with me today? Just open my eyes to see the opportunity. I'm yours. I will go. Take me. Every bit of me, not a little piece left over. Every bit of it. My job's yours. My family's yours. My time is yours. Everything. Because of the beautiful truth in Christ. I pray that this uh, word is a blessing to the church today. Let's pray. Father, would you continue to awaken us to uh, your truth? God, I pray um, that you would cause some of us in the room today to come alive in a fresh way as you give fresh um, guidance or calling in the place where they sit today. They thought they were going to work every day, waking up, drudge, feeling the drudge of it all. But in reality, you've called them as your uh, sent ambassador to the place that they're going. God, I pray that you would open their eyes to see the reality of what that means God, all of us, me included, God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see what that means for us all being in this neighborhood. God, may we open our eyes as we go out to eat today of who you've called us and what you've called us to. God, awaken your church today. Holy Spirit, would you speak to hearts in the room today? Would you whisper your truth to them? over and over and over that you have loved them so much and you're with them, you haven't left them. All of this is in your care and you understand. Now, Father, we surrender. We step freshly into surrender and we want to do that every day, every moment of our life. So God, teach us more and more what that looks like. And God, may we see you for who you are. Big, 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 big. You're way bigger than we are. Transform our gaze to not be like the world, but be like yours. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing a song of praise to the King today. Uh, if you need prayer, I'm up here. Uh, if you need Jesus, you need to talk about what it looks like to give your life. Let's talk. Uh, let's lift up the King.